The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. The pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. And folks, good afternoon on this Friday. It's John DePietro. We have made it to Friday. Today is Friday. It is February 5th, all day. Normally, we'd all be getting excited about the beginning of the weekend. But, uh, excuse me, the beginning of uh, Super Bowl weekend. But it's obviously, uh, well, that's just not the case. Although many people, in fact, will be uh, rooting for number 12. And that is, of course, Tom Brady. And we'll see what happens exactly with uh, the situation with the Bucks. But, folks, good afternoon on this Friday. Now, a lot of people be watching the Super Bowl. You want to stock up. Make sure you get some delicious Super Bowl food for yourself or family or friends. Some people are having Super Bowl parties, even though Dr. Fauci is saying not to. Folks, stop in Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They have everything you need. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. How about some spinach pies? How about some delicious cannolis or calzones? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stock up. They're open today. They're open tomorrow. Stop it and see Ron and Melissa. Now, they're easy to get to right off at Silver Spring Street. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right next to uh, AAA in Providence. Again, you can find them on Facebook. But once you know where they are, they're very easy to get to. And that's where you're going to see delicious sausage and peppers and meatball calzones and buffalo chicken calzones, Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni cheese calzones, uh, pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, cakes, and they still have the Trump chocolate donuts. It's Ron and Melissa, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see them. Stock up today or tomorrow, again, with the big Super Bowl on Sunday. It is... um, the viewership so far has been huge for Tampa Bay, obviously because, well, number one, there's nothing else to do. And also, uh, number two, because of the fondness people have for uh, number 12 of Tom Brady. So stop in, folks. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Well, good afternoon. We have a great uh, program. I, I want to thank Ray Pigatori, who I always enjoy talking to folks. It's the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. We do this hour, Facebook Live. Now, we're using... A temporary Facebook page, which is JDRI Radio FB Live. So please share that you're watching. Good afternoon to everyone tuning in. Now, it's not the normal page. This is just a uh, kind of like when you, uh, well, like in the summertime, you have a summer cottage or something. This is just a brief time. We'll be back to the other page, but at the same time, people enjoy the live stream so much, and uh, we'd like to bring it to you. I also just want to mention about the Super Bowl that I find um, kind of comical. And there's a lot of news on this Friday, and that is, um, you know, Dr. Fauci, and you even heard Dr. Scott yesterday, Dr. Scott, uh, which, by the way, she should not be running these these press briefings. <clears throat> if you were there, if you watched yesterday, I was there, unfortunately. Um, she is, listen, I respect her as the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health, and she's obviously a brilliant woman, and she has, you know, this is not her strong suit, so to so to speak. But she should not be running a press briefing. She's, there's an art to it. There's an art to it. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo got better from doing it every day as they went along. Dr. Scott, 
we we are we're not in a position <coughs> excuse me to have um her to try to learn how to do a press briefing there's a big difference of you get called up to talk for five or ten minutes or you're actually running the briefing and yesterday as someone that has covered, I don't know how many I've been to. Now, Governor Mundo said that she did 125. The first more than 20, at one point, remember, they were doing them every day. So, and then they started having in person. Now, I really haven't missed many that were in person. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to say I've easily, I, I don't know the number. I could probably figure it out. Maybe I will over the course of the weekend. But let's just say I, I, I'm comfortable saying I've probably covered 75 of them. Or like 80% of them. And I would say yesterday, for me, it was the worst one yet. Dr. Scott, and again, I also want to be very clear. This has nothing to do with race or gender. There was no flow to it. She, she, they don't know how to give a concise answer. They don't. And, and I'm not even convinced you can teach someone to do it. There's an art to doing a press briefing. And then Commerce Secretary Stephen Pryor, that, that guy... And again, it's nothing against them personally, but the guy is like the epitome of a windbag. Dr. Scott, she came out at 110, which is fine, right around there. Actually, maybe it was even more like 108, because I only talked for about two minutes. Came out of the news at 106, and then I think I talked for two minutes, and then suddenly she was, they were walking out there. And I saw Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. I, I, I think they should just let him run it now, and I'm going to touch on that. They didn't, but, but Dr. Scott... She led the briefing because Ramundo basically is still in charge. I'm going to talk about that. I talked about that a little bit last hour. Um, and things are falling apart, by the way. I mean, that's what happens. When you're the governor and you're kind of an absentee governor at this point, because she is, it's kind of like if the boss is away from the office or if the parents aren't home. Things just start falling apart. And you're seeing that happen right now. But Dr. Nicole Scott, she spoke from I'm going to call it 108. She spoke until 10 minutes of two. Uh, I, why are you? You know, she spoke for 40, 40 minutes straight. Right. Hold on. 20, 30, 40, 50. No. For about 42 minutes straight. Then Pryor comes up. Secretary of Commerce, Secretary stuff from Pryor. And he's another windbag. You know, there, there's an expression. You ask them what time it is and they start telling you how to build a, a watch or a clock. They, they, they just so by by two fifteen we've already been there for over an hour and we haven't even scratched the surface. Every answer that Doctor Scott gives is is like a five minute ramble, and she doesn't really even answer anything. So and Pryor's worse. I tried by two thirty, we had been there for an hour and a half, and they it was still like pulling teeth trying to get info. That press briefing went to. 2.40 yesterday, 2.45. <coughs> As my friend Lynn likes to say, time that I can't get back. But as she's talking about the Super Bowl party, I, I, I want to just comment on this. This business of, I want to remind you, you know, football fans, not to, you got to make a mask and don't invite anybody over and so forth. Like, time out. Let's really examine the football fan. I fully recognize it's, it's everybody, everybody watches the Super Bowl. I don't know why everyone wouldn't watch the Super Bowl. I know some people are trying to say, I don't even follow the NFL anymore because some people knelt for the flag. Listen, I don't fall into that, okay? I'm not a follower like that. I'm a football fan. I love football. Thank God they had the NFL 
this past fall. There was nothing else you could really look forward to. I've given up on basketball. Baseball's too slow for me. Um, I like college basketball, but anyhow. Um, but as far as the NFL, number one, it, it is outside of boxing. It's the most dangerous sport. You know, you're telling people not to get together. And let's remember social distancing and, if, you know, wear the mask as you're watching the game. Like, excuse me. There's no more dangerous sport than football. They're getting concussions. These huge guys that weigh over 300 pounds are getting, like, knocked around like they're ragdolls sometimes. <coughs> Excuse me, that's number one. Now let's talk about the fans. There's nothing healthy about a football game, either the way it's played or the people that watch it. Do you ever go to a game at Gillette? First of all, people are drinking gallons of beer. It's the most unhealthy food. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but between... But between you know, pizza and beer and, and hot dogs and sausage and pepper and pizza and people out in the parking lot. People are smoking pot and smoking cigars. And you see these huge football fans that are literally waddling in, let alone the Bills fans, the Bills mafia, that now they get up on top of a truck in the parking lot and they jump down onto a table. And you're telling us that we need to be careful and you're discouraging us from Super Bowl parties? Like, what world are you living in? Whether it's Dr. Scott or Dr. Fauci, at this point, I don't want to hear anyone else say, I didn't know it was. I thought the COVID was a hoax. I, if, if, if that is your view at this point, good riddance, right? The lifeboats are leaving. If you want to stay in the Titanic and think that it's, it's a minor hole, then good luck because we're shipping out. I don't want to hear anything more about that. At this point, we can't help you. If you still think it's out, my point is, anyone that doesn't want to follow it at this point, like enough of the nagging and the nanny state and everything that goes along with it, people are going to make decisions. Listen, whether you're Dr. Scott or Dr. Fauci, and this whole business, we want to remind people not to have Super Bowl parties. And if you're sitting there with your immediate family, wear a mask. <coughs> Listen, people smoke. People drink in in Oregon. They have legalized drugs. People can now do meth and cocaine. Who do you think's moving there? And heroin. Who do you think's moving there? Fentanyl. Every drug addict that can get on a bus or get out there is going to live there. Good riddance. I mean, let them be their own country for crying out loud. But there's no mention of that. this point, I mean, there are people, you're, you're supposed to exercise. There are people that don't exercise. You're supposed to eat healthy. There are people that don't eat healthy. You're supposed to go to a doctor when you once a year when you hit a certain age. There are people that don't do that. There are people that smoke, that eat fast food, that don't exercise. There are people that are 50 pounds overweight. There are people that are 100 pounds overweight. Stop this business of, of ragging on everybody like enough of this is a football game we're talking about for crying out loud and they couldn't get through that without re- reminding everyone not to have a super bowl party or socialize i i you know tucker carlson had a good piece on this last night i'm going to play that coming up again though uh if you're getting in the car right now and you're tuned to wherever you can hear my voice 99.9 fm or am 1380 folks stop in ron and melissa Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They're open today. They're open tomorrow. Everything you want for the Super Bowl, all the food. I mean, you might as well uh, eat up and enjoy yourself. Now, I just put out a tweet just a moment ago. 
And, uh, you know, the, the Republican Party that I try to support is, is certainly having some problems. Well, we know they're having problems nationally. The fact that some of these people voted along. Can you imagine being a Republican in Congress and you vote along with Jim Langevin and Cicilline against Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene? Whatever happened or whatever the beliefs are of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, whatever happened or whatever her beliefs were, she didn't invent uh, conspiracies. Okay, do we want to start? Why don't we quiz Cicilline and Langevin? Let's get them on the record. <coughs> Is OJ guilty or innocent? Is OJ Simpson looking? Because the conspiracies are, there are. If you want, you can quiz people and find conspiracies that, in fact, that, that he's on, still looking for the, the real killers. There are people that believe he didn't do it. Let's talk. You get 10 people in a room and ask them who killed JFK. And you're going to get you will get 10 different answers. okay? as far as the Kennedy assassination, um, if if you ask, there are some people that don't believe we're ever ever on the moon. Let's ask the members of Congress what they think happened or where Jimmy Hoffa is. I mean, there's no shortage of conspiracies. There are some people that they like them and enjoy them. Where's that a memory? Is that a memory dead or alive? That's Rhode Island conspiracy. Uh, There are people that believe there was more to. Behind the scenes with Joe Malacone of who took the money and, and dis, uh, left that. How about Michael Medcalf used to run the Providence Journal? Maybe we should quiz people, quiz them on who exactly uh, delayed as far as, um, you know, whether or not who killed Michael Medcalf. Did he just, oh, we, okay, he fell off a bike and then his head smashed in. No one believes that story. So, but this whole business that we're going to go after to this woman because she was not ruling out some things when it came to the whole situation regarding, you know, various and, and I, I get, listen, I'm not on board with that, by the way, and I think a lot of that stuff is dangerous, but what I don't understand, and I started off by saying, the Rhode Island Republican Party, I mean, just this week alone, Director of Administration Brett Smiley He's running for mayor of Providence. He's having one problem after another, returning money, conflicts of interest. He's going to hire the ballot king. Rhode Island Republican Party, silence. Senator Tierra Mack gets in a car accident. She's driving an unregistered car. She's got an out-of-state license, out-of-state license from South Carolina. She put slapped Rhode Island plates on the car. Silence. Governor Amundo, Ted Cruz is now holding up her nomination as far as whether or not she's going to be the commerce secretary silence governor gina Raimondo now the earliest there could be a vote on her is going to be two weeks away two weeks it's going to be two full months since she last spoke to the media she and i agree with this she either needs to get permission from the biden people to start speaking out on things like covid she is not checked in the vaccine situation is a disaster. I resented yesterday the fact that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, I hate when they start thanking people. The New York Times listed Rhode Island as we're the worst in the nation with the vaccine rollout. <clears throat> and I hate, and we want to thank all these people who have been doing heroic work. Excuse me. 
Okay, this is like a coach coming in the locker room after we just watched them get blown out, you know, 30 to nothing. I want to thank our defensive line. No, no, no. Time out. Address the New York Times story. And also, how about this week? Just this week alone. There's talk of raising the minimum wage to $15. And you have high-ranking people pushing this through. And if that's not enough, Channel 12, and rightfully so, want, okay, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, you want to make this a contest. Submit your name if you want to be the next Lieutenant Governor. And there's a website and all these people. Well, Channel 12 is saying we should get access to those documents to see exactly who is submitting. And they have said, well, no, you can't see those documents. Well, what do you mean we can't see these documents? So we don't have a right to know who's applying for this position. It's a very powerful position. They don't have to run for office. They're going to be appointed lieutenant governor. So even that is blowing up. My point is, Governor Amundo has got to get in the game. Because everything around her right now is just imploding. Absolutely imploding right now. And, and, and there's no, you know, there's no reason for it. And we know the reason for it. It's because she is checked out. And this confirmation hearing is taking longer than she thought. What? And, you know, as people, as I mentioned last hour, as people were saying that it's kind of like when someone runs for office and... <clears throat> They are holding on to the office they have, but they're running for another office. You do see that. But the difference is they don't go completely silent with the media. And apparently, even Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, who's up for labor labor secretary, I mean, even he apparently spoke out when it came to the snowstorm. So uh, this business, this business where... Um, Governor Raimondo has just completely gone off the radar. It's, it's not working. I mean, look at the different mistakes that are happening. I also, I don't understand the silence on behalf of the Republican Party. The only thing I can think of is that unless someone tells them, like, hey, you should do something, they just don't know enough to do anything. This is where you're scoring political points. You know, the Providence Journal does a story on Senator Mack. Silence from the Rhode Island Republican Party. If you are an elected official and you get in a car accident and you're driving an unregistered car and you have a license from out of state, I don't care your uh, race or, or gender or sexual preference. That's a story. That is a story. If the new mayor of Cranston, Ken Hopkins, got in an accident and he, his car was unregistered and his license in Massachusetts, that's a story. I don't know how else to explain it. Silence. Hey, Ramundo, they should be putting pressure on her. Resign and give her a date and then start counting in silence. Hey, Lieutenant Governor McKee, why are you going to be involved with hiding paperwork? Silence. God almighty. Now Smiley. Smiley's looking to hire the ballot king. God, can Brit be far behind? Silence. God almighty. I'm telling you, you know, I've worked with people. I've worked with people in the business that they didn't know what news was. They didn't really follow the news, believe it or not. And so they didn't know really what news was. I worked with someone on September 11th that at five minutes of 10, as I was going into the studio, after we watched the first tower collapse, we watched the attack on the Pentagon. Both were uh, still 
you know, one tower was about to fall at 1030, said to me, do you still want to have the guests on that we had booked for today? True story. Um, Some people don't know what news is. They don't. And it also goes into, I I don't know what to make of it. And I don't want to get distracted by it, but it's just these are golden opportunities that you can resonate and gin up the story and silence. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. Call Coogie. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable heating and cooling. Make sure your heating system is working efficiently in your home. <coughs> Who knows what the rest of the winter has in store? Call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 732-6562. All right, I want to get to, um, I want to play you some sound. Oh, my God. This pe- these people, yes, yes, for the fifth time, yes, confirmed. Blank and A, God almighty. Yes, yes. Oh, God, you can tell I'm annoyed. Yes, I said we would do it. Correct. Yes. Uh, all right, I want to get to um, some sound regarding uh, just, and, and what happened in Washington, That that is disgraceful. Listen, I, and I recognize that that woman, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, I don't go along with her views on the, that either. I mean, it's the Q on stuff that I think is dangerous. You know, to me, it started in the spring with Fauci. But let me get to some other people who should be called out. And one is, how about AOC? AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, did an interview this morning on CBS This Morning. They never asked her. Now, just so we're sure, you were not in the Capitol. They never asked her about this that she posted on Instagram. All of these rioters behind the glass of the doors. <laughs> you know, I hear all of these rioters behind the glass of the doors. <laughs> you know, I hear all of these rioters. She's a half the a mile away. <laughs> that was a lie. They were never in her building. She's in the Cannon Building. She's in the Cannon Building. Never heard that. How about that Rashid Talib? The representative from Michigan. She wasn't even there. She wasn't there. She's the one that said, I'm going to Washington to impeach the mother blanket. Talking about President Trump. Listen to her yesterday. Thank you so much to my colleague. Wasn't there now. I asked her to go last because I get... um, (coughs) Because this is so personal. She wasn't there. This is so hard because, as many of my colleagues know, my closest colleagues know, on my very first day of orientation, I got my first death threat. Uh. It was a serious one. They took me aside. The FBI had to go to the gentleman's home. I didn't even get sworn in yet. And someone wanted me dead for just existing. Yeah, Yeah. how did you describe President Trump? came later, uglier, more violent. One celebrating and writing the New Zealand massacre and hoping that more would come. Another mentioning my dear son, Adam. (laughs) Mentioning him by name. 
Each one paralyzed me each time. So what happened on January 6th, all I could do was thank Allah that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief, and I feel bad for Alexandria and so many of my colleagues that were here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God, I'm not there. Oh, is AOC standing next door now? They didn't get to see until later. My team and I decided at that point we'd keep the death threats away. We try to report them, document them, to keep them away from me because it just paralyzed me. And all I wanted to do was come here and serve the people that raised me. Oh, my God. The people that told my mother, who only had eighth grade education, that she deserves human dignity. People that believed in me. And so it's hard. It's hard when my seven brothers and six sisters beg me to get protection many urging me to get a gun for the first time and i have to tell you the trauma from just being here existing as a muslim is so hard but imagine oh my, my team God. which i lovingly just adore they are diverse i have lgbtq staff i have a beautiful muslim that wears her hijab proudly in the halls you weren't there women that are so proud to be here to serve their country oh my and I god all dr- there's aoc next to her by the way you know again folks uh good afternoon it's john DePietro on am 1380 and 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website depetro.com now the congressperson in question, Marjorie Taylor Greene, spoke just a moment and says free speech matters and they stripped my district Instead of their boys. reporting and repeating uh, maybe some things that you don't like about me or things that were on social media in 2018. You see, the reason why I ran for Congress is because I really don't respect what our government has become. As just an ordinary American, someone who's had to work hard all my life, someone who's been married for almost 25 years and raised three kids, and I gotta tell you, my three kids are the greatest part of my life. That's the best thing I've ever done is to be a mom. I really love our country, I love our freedoms, and I sincerely want all of your children, my children, and all of us to continue to have the opportunity to have the American dream. But our government is failing us. You see, we're approaching nearly $30 trillion in debt. As a successful business owner for over 20 years, if I ran my company the way this government runs and spends and wastes and puts us in debt with our own hard-earned tax dollars, I'd be out of business a long time ago and we'd be homeless on the streets. But it's much worse than that. For decades now, this government has sold out our American worker, sent our jobs overseas to foreign countries. Now, again, that is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the one that has been uh, kicked off all these committees. And I, I think it's dangerous territory that they're in. I really do. Folks, at 1233, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM now. Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal, I, um, she is doing some terrific work, and I want to just go back through uh, some of the things that she has put out. So uh, Brett Smiley, who is 
the director of administration. He's running for mayor. And he's got a major conflict right now between issuing, uh, he has to return some campaign money to now it gets a little bit of inside baseball. But he is, he is seeing, we're seeing the problems when you have someone who's trying to be the director of administration. And at the same time, he's also trying to run for an office. So you, you can't, there's a reason why. That's a complete conflict. And the conflict can't exist in that way. And th- a big part of this with the vaccine problems and some of these other problems, it comes down to the fact that, and Ted Nisi tweeted out, you know, he, Ted Nisi kind of set the table for the Rhode Island Republican Party to say there's going to be pressure on Governor Raimondo to resign because she's still the governor and Senator Ted Cruz has put a hold on her nomination. Now, right now at 1234, <clears throat> when a, a member of the media says there's going to be pressure for Governor Amundo to resign uh, or speak out, that's kind of like, hey, so if anyone wants to speak out about it, this is a good opportunity to do it. And instead... It's been silence right now, but this is a problem. And Governor Mundo, the other part about Governor Mundo's, uh, her, her nomination is you go back to the fact that mid-December was a rough month for the governor because of, <clears throat> of not wearing the, the mask at the wine and paint. So she was coming off of that, and, and that made national news. And it never came up, by the way, during her impeachment, but... Excuse me, during her uh, Senate Senate hearing. But the longer that this thing drags on, I, I still maintain I, I don't think she's going to resign. Because her nomination now to be Secretary of Commerce is being held up. And, and this could drag on for a while. And with Ted Cruz putting a hold on her nomination, what do you think is going to happen on Monday when they then want to have begin the the President Trump um, impeachment Senate trial. That's just going to make, you know, even worse bad blood. So this business that it's it's not going to go away. And I know some people are saying, well, you know, it's just politics. Well, that is true, but it's also a matter of momentum and that they're going to hold it up and kind of get what they want. And right now they're not getting what they want. That's for sure. There's someone else I want to point out that's a real disgrace, and you'd never know it because the teachers' unions are so strong in this state. But former Mayor Mike Bloomberg, you know, and keep in mind, he um, he is the one that Governor Armando has to thank for being nominated for Commerce Secretary. He's talking out about, and it is a disgrace that these teachers are not back in school. And he's already getting pushed back. What's your take on that? Well, um, I think that what we're doing to poor kids is a disgrace. These poor kids are not in school. They will never recover from this. And they had a bad education experience anyways. We have not had good schools for poor kids. And this now is just so much worse. Um, the president has to stand up to the unions. And the teachers' so, unions? Teachers, yes. Of course. Teachers' unions. As opposed to you know, the teachers say, well, I don't want to go back because it's dangerous. We have a lot of city and state and federal employees who run risks. 
That's part of the job. You run risks to help America, to help your state, to help your city, to help your family. And uh, there's just no reason not to have the schools open. The uh, virtual classes are a joke. It is worse than a joke. Uh, poor people don't have iPads. They don't have uh, Wi-Fi. They don't have somebody at home to sit during the day and force the child to pay attention. And without that, the virtual learning just does not exist. And the teachers' unions you see in Chicago uh, and in New York, we've had problems. Uh, it's time for Joe Biden to stand up and say the kids are the most important things. Uh, and important uh, uh, players here and the teachers just are going to have to suck it up and stand up and provide an education otherwise these kids have no chance whatsoever stephanie it is a disaster what's happening to them when you look at the situation you know part of the um part of the problem by the way is if you remember and and i'll say um i think it's constructive criticism but governor mundo was very much of It was way too over the top with what a tremendous job we did. And Rhode Island led the nation in virtual learning and blah, 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 and this whole big thing. And that set the table for it. Uh, That's not true. And what you're hearing, I'm glad that former Mayor Mike Bloomberg is speaking out. Because Biden, but folks, this is one of the problems. Biden's never going to stand up. And we've talked about this on the show. And I certainly talked about it every week, even with Donna Perry. Um, What's happening is he's right. They're never going to make that time up. And they don't care. Now, we're going to speak coming up with Mark Mix. Following President Biden's unprecedented firing of the Senate-confirmed National Labor Relations Board, uh, they ordered the withdrawal of an unfair labor practice. Free legal aid. Uh, they charge both union official hotel management using a neutrality agreement. So we're going to talk to Mark Mix about this story coming up. But this is right now with with what's happening. It It is, in fact, the fact of the teacher. How about the fact that he even had to qualify? You mean the teachers? Yes. Who else would it be? The teachers unions. Of course, it's the teachers unions. Um. What a disgrace. What an absolute <clears throat> disgrace that this is. And something needs to be done. Now, I believe in Rhode Island, as much as, now think of that. Pawtucket is still just doing distance learning. Pawtucket's doing all distance learning. However, around the state, there are plenty of school districts where the children are in the classroom and there's no one else that we had the um i mentioned in cranston this father was upset because his son was the only one in the classroom the teacher was teaching on a zoom if you right now you know i'm very fortunate with my youngest is a senior in high school but i am so glad that and especially see even the head biden's chief of staff said what it comes down to is money The teachers unions want more money to send the teachers into the classroom. It's about money. It's always been about money. There's certain uh, members of the media that are in the pocket of the unions. And there's certain members of the media that were covering. This started back in August with all the scare tactics. This is so 
disgraceful. Do you know right now there's fewer children in school than there's been in our lifetime? And in the inner city, I heard that back in the spring, that at certain kids, the kids would maybe log on in the morning and then they would log out. But I also go to Governor Mundo and her administration. They backed down really quickly to the unions. They should have said, no, we're all going back before Labor Day. But they didn't. They delayed it. And then a lot of them didn't want to go back then. And so they let them stay out till October. A lot of public school teachers, what they basically did was they were um, out of the classroom. They were not in the classroom. They were in for maybe one month, mid-October to mid-November, and that was out. That was it. And it, it is about time. But in, in, um, in big districts like San Francisco, Chicago, Los Angeles, these are major fights that are brewing, and it is unfair, but it's about money. They want more money. That's what, it's, that's what it is. That's what it's always been. This is not about we need to make things safe. Do you remember when they were arguing about air quality and we need all of this? And, and even Cumberland fell into that right away. I saw a thing that in Wisconsin, they had one positive case out of 5,000 tests. One out of 5,000 tested positive and yet you still have people object think of that one out of five thousand total selfishness um it it is and i'm glad there have been some great editorials written that this is a turning point for public education but you have the wrong person in the white house president trump would stand up to them but biden won't i said that you know during the campaign when you had that randy weingarten How about the fact that no one's talking about the Providence teachers still don't have a a contract? And the education commissioner, Afonte Green, had said, we're going to take drastic actions if we don't get some of the, you know, if we don't get some of the things we're looking for in this new contract. But notice that has gone silent. Why is that gone silent? I'll tell you why it's gone silent. Because Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo was saying, hold off on that until I get out of here. Because this thing is going to be ugly. And that's really what is going on. I mean, that's what's going on. Joining us right now, joining us right now, he is the foundation president. Uh, it is our friend Mark Mix, National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Good afternoon and Happy New Year, Mark Mix. John, Happy New Year to you. And uh, there's lots of things to be happy about, I think. But maybe we can talk about some of that stuff today. How about I, that? I hope so. You know, I know I was going to have you on to talk about uh, national labor relations. But I'd like to first start off, Mark, if you don't mind. Because I was just uh, mentioning and talking about before I had you on that what's going on in the public schools with the teachers unions is especially Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Virginia, disgraceful. And even the uh, Ron Klain, who is the Biden chief of staff, told a reporter, this is about money. They want more money. Um, But this is absolutely disgraceful what's going on in kudos to former mayor Mike Bloomberg, who was saying these teachers need to get back in the classroom. 
Yeah, indeed, John. And if you watch the Lori Lightfoot press conference from last night, you'll be astounded that she's a, a an avowed socialist liberal, uh, and she says she's had it with the teachers' union. I mean, we're going to take that speech that she gave. It was like an eight-minute speech, and we're going to send it out to the elected officials here in the Commonwealth of Virginia because they are treading dangerously close to the path of recognizing unions for representing government employees here in our state. And, boy, you've seen it in Rhode Island. You, I mean, you guys know the story up there. Um, the people in California know the story. The people in New York know the story. But yet, somehow, union officials continue to try to convince us that by forcing a private organization to negotiate terms and conditions of employment, and, and in Chicago, the CTUs calling for defunding the police as part of their you know, settlement agreement with the, with the mayor of Chicago, it's, it, it is truly outrageous, John. You know, you're exactly right. And up here where the teachers unions, you know, the two of them control everything. Do you know they're actually going forward and allowing talk about um, incre- not only increasing the minimum wage to $15, which is outrageous. But it's, and the only reason they're doing that is because the, the unions, they depend on a high minimum wage, gives them a higher raise. But they're talking about putting a moratorium on charter schools. As uh, the Providence schools. But but talk about, do you think the fact that she's saying uh, they made their final last offer to the Chicago Teachers Union, this this whole business about safety and concern, Mark, it, it really just comes down to money. Yeah, and, and power, and exercise yes. the power thereof. I mean, certainly that, that union's been out on strike. They don't care about the kids' education as opposed to what the terms and conditions of their employment are. And, and obviously there are some folks out there that are reasonably concerned and should be concerned about their terms and conditions of employment. But when you have a union leadership that, that is in your face like the CTU is, is literally in the face of the mayor that I think they endorse. I'm not sure. I forget how that all worked out there in that, in that election. But to have, have Lori Lightfoot stand up and call out union bosses for just absolutely holding the citizens, taxpayers, and kids of Chicago hostage is really an amazing development in this whole kind of timeline of of government growth. I mean, John, today, according to the Department of Labor, there are more government union members in America than there are private sector union members in America. You see where we're headed, and you see what it means to taxpayers and kids, specifically in the school systems. Mm. Now, Mark, um, on top of that, I mean, think of San Francisco is suing their school board because the teachers won't return to the classroom. I mean, think of that, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the logical conclusion of this type of mayhem. In fact, it's this type of mayhem that Franklin Roosevelt, back in 1935, right. when asked why wouldn't we just unionize the public sector, he said it's unthinkable. We yeah. wouldn't do that. The AFL-CIO said that in 1959. George Meany, the president of the AFL-CIO, said that you can't you can't unionize the government. No. But yet here we are. And Mark, we have, um, as you know, we have the wrong person in the White House. The first week in office, there was a picture of Randy Weingarten laughing and smiling in the Oval Office with Jill Biden. And uh, boy, President Biden, he will not, you know, and it's, and it's so disgraceful because, as you know, the people that are hurt the worst, as, and I give Mike Bloomberg credit for speaking out, are in fact uh, minorities, as he says, you know, the poorest of the poor. They're the ones that really depend on the public schools. They're being hurt the worst. These are people, I mean, they just don't care. Biden will do nothing against the teachers' unions. Yeah, well, that's right. And and Al Shanker, the former president of the American Federation of Teachers, once was quoted by a Mississippi newspaper where he was doing an interview. Uh, he said, when children start paying union dues, we'll start representing children. Hmm. That's that exactly right. sums it up, John. Now, Mark, touch, touch on uh, exactly why I did ask you to come on for today. Well, 
Well, it's interesting, uh, John, as, as Garth Brooks, uh, the echoes of Garth Brooks singing Amazing Grace at the Biden inauguration, roughly at 23 minutes after the hour, after Biden had been sworn in and given his speech, uh, an email went out to the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board. The National Labor Relations Board is a five-member board that adjudicates labor law, which federal labor law, which was imposed on the states back in 1935. No reason to go back there. But this board has a general counsel, and he is the top lawyer for the NLRB, and he's the one that decides you know, how to litigate cases, what cases to take, that kind of thing. And the current general counsel, Peter Rob, had 10 months left on his term, and 23 minutes as Garth Brooks finished up singing Amazing Grace, ironically, an email went out to Peter Rob saying, you either resign or be fired by 5 o'clock. Uh-huh. And Peter Rob said, uh, it's kind of a dangerous precedent to set here, uh, Mr. President. This is the first time this has ever happened, and since the labor law was imposed on the country in 1935, it's never happened before. Um, and it was interesting. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Kagan, back in 2001, I believe it was, actually opined that the president didn't have the power to do this. But he did it anyway. And the next day, the acting general counsel who stepped up to take the position was sent the same email saying, resign by five or be fired. She was fired. Then they immediately went to Chicago to bring it back to Chicago. And Lori but they went to the National Labor Relations Board there, and they brought in an acting general counsel by the name of Peter Orr, O-H-R, and he has put out all kinds of mischief uh, since he's been there for, what, about a week. Um, and, and this just shows that 23 minutes, perhaps the first thing that the Biden administration did was fire the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board. And frankly, John, it's flattering. It's flattering because, you know, you know you're over the target when you're taking when you're taking shellings. And four of the rescissions, four of the rescissions that this Peter Orr did and rescinding what happened in, with the, in the previous National Labor Relations Board were our cases, John. I mean, that's very flattering that we have this little organization here has the power to, to actually get the attention of the Biden administration 23 minutes in and get them to start overturning things that we had won over the last four years. It's very flattering. Very uh, flattering. Hey, Mark, you guys do uh, terrific work. By the way, our governor, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, her confirmation, Ted Cruz has put it on hold. She is poised to be uh, President Biden's choice for Commerce Secretary. She got it. They got it out of committee. But Ted Cruz has put it on hold. It is kind of a reflection of the Biden uh, administration, Mark, with the fact that now Rhode Island is ranked dead last, dead last CNBC as far as business friendly states. And our governor has been chosen to be the head of, of commerce. So that's something to watch. But how can people uh, find out more about your great organization? Well, they can find us on the amazing World Wide Web, uh, allegedly invented by Al Gore, at www.nrtw.org, nrtw.org. And they can find out about their rights in America's workplaces where right-to-work laws are in effect. Unfortunately, it's not Rhode Island. But uh, we've got uh, lots of things there for workers to to understand what their rights are in the American workplace. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough over the next couple of years as the Biden administration becomes the most pro-union. And what they're saying, what they really mean is pro-force unionism administration in our country's history. And that's true. We take Biden's word when he says that stuff. You know, Mark, before I let you go, one final word. I think you'd be interested to look at when Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, who, uh, again, it got out of committee to be the next Commerce Secretary. But when she uh, basically put out a tweet, and it might have been in her acceptance speech, she was there with... Uh, President Biden and also with Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, who's going to be labor secretary. But when Governor Raimondo, she said, and as Commerce Secretary, I look forward to helping to get more union.
champion jobs. You know, around here, different people I talk to, Mark, I mean, have you ever heard anything like that? I want to create more union jobs. If you are Commerce Secretary, why, why would it matter you're going to create more union jobs? Your, your uh, main focus and goal would just be to help private businesses just better paying jobs. Why do they have to be union jobs? Well, because that's what the president wants. He talks about that all the time, even though right. what he says and when he talks about it is sometimes illegal what he talks about, um, what what he's trying to do with the apprenticeship programs and other government agencies now that uh, they've got some control. He has talked about this. You know, he said he's going to be the most pro-union, pro-force unionism president in the country. And I mean, 23 minutes into his administration, he already got this first bona fides uh, of that particular uh, event occurring. And so the fact that his cabinet secretaries pair at the same kind of rhetoric, which is really unfortunate because only 6% of the entire private sector workforce is unionized today in America. So he's, they're discounting 94% of Americans who go to work every day, make a paycheck, get benefits, do hard work, and somehow they don't matter, John. It's just really, really outrageous when you think about it. Mark, great job. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, folks. There he is. Again, our friend Mark Mix right here on the John DePietro Show. You know, at 1254, good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. And remember, DePietro.com is sponsored by, I I admit, this is a a tense time and you want to relax. One of our sponsors on DePetro.com is Relax Souls Reflexology and Lisa Wood. You can call or text her for appointment, 401-742-6621. Relaxed Souls, and it's S-O-L-E-S. And why is that? Well, with reflexology, two of the pressure points and areas they work on are the hands and the feet that are so instrumental to your body. Contact Lisa Wood. It makes a huge difference. Boosts immune function, healing from the inside out, face, ear, Hand, feet, reflexology makes a big difference. You can book an appointment. Many people in pain find that working with Lisa, it's incredible. Reflexology and Lisa Wood. I just realized it's Friday, and I want to um, get a hold of our friend uh, John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. He is my gun guy. Let's find out what he may have in stock. Uh, and and uh, I also want to remind you, if there are... If you're one of the people who, there he is, um, you may have some firearms that you're not using right now. It's normally, a, uh, it's been a, a seller's market without question. And folks, remember, the more that they're talking about going after gun legislation, it, there he is, folks. Joining us right on the line right now is the defender of the face. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hi, John. How are you? Happy Friday. Now, listen, uh, John, when we spoke last week, you were getting some items in, and I wanted to call you and get an update for our listeners. Okay. Uh, so I did get some items in. Uh, a lot of it's already sold. Oh. Uh, already. Uh, I do have some, a few items left. Um, let me see here. So I do have uh, a few. I've got some uh, 9mm pistols. Uh, I've got some from uh, Rock Island Armory. I've got Century Arms. I've got FNUSA. Uh, I've got some uh, also made uh, in Israel. Um, I do have some AR-15s coming. Wow. Uh, They'll be here either today or beginning of next week. And I do have uh, one of your listeners was nice enough to give me a call, has heard us talking in the past, and he's got some uh, uh, firearms that he's going to be bringing in. 
uh, to put on consignment as well. Great. Folks, again, competition shooting supplies. John's located... 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You can call them at 727-1716. You take exit 2A. It's the last exit of Rhode Island. You're going to go past the Attleboro train station at the intersection of Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. You hang a left and you'll see them right there. Competition shooting supplies. Well, John Francis, that is very good news. And especially, folks, remember, the more talk at the State House in Washington is they want to have stricter gun laws. When they say that... That means you want to head into competition shooting supplies. John, what are your hours for today and also for tomorrow, Super Bowl Saturday? Uh, So today uh, we're open 10 to 6. Tomorrow we're open 9 to 4.30. Before I let you go, is there any particular firearm that someone might be in possession of where you would say, boy, if you have that, it's a seller's market, bring it in, and, you know, there's definitely people that would buy it? I would say if anybody has any uh, extra or uh, uh, any nine millimeter or forty caliber handguns that they're not using, yep. uh, and don't anticipate using, and would like to part with. That's certainly what I'm getting the most call for. Okay, John Francis, keep saying good health. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. All right, folks, there he is, John Francis, my gun guy. Competition shooting supplies. Now, folks, next hour we have a very interesting story. Uh, excuse me. It has to do. God bless me. It has to do with. Um, What I would say is total abuse of power, complete abuse of power from a town council person who has a certain ideology. And a petition was started to go against the position of this person. And unsolicited, this town council person started contacting uh, people that signed their name to the petition and going after them and threatening them. That is complete abuse of power. We're going to talk with one of the people coming up, plus a lot more ahead, folks. The latest now, and this is big regarding Governor Amundo. Just in case you haven't heard, her nomination is put on hold. Governor Amundo, the earliest now of her possible Senate confirmation hearing, might be the week of February 22nd. So this could be two more weeks. She has no plans to talk to the media. It is a scandal, a controversy, I should say, regarding Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. It's John DePietro next hour on the radio. The Power Hour is next, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen at the website, dipetro.com. We have another hour to go. Right now it's 1 o'clock.